Would you join me in the call to worship, please? The Magi waited and watched, knowing something wondrous would be happening. We waited for the birth of Jesus, and now something wondrous is about to take root. The darkness that invaded all lives was banished by the light of that star. The darkness that surrounded us is gone. Let us celebrate the bright shining of God's love in our lives. Let us become those who will bring the light of God's love to others.
You may be seated. Let me welcome you to worship today. I know it's a little bit different. We found ourselves in a different place than we were last week, and there's a, obviously a good reason for that, and that is that we don't have any heat in, this, in the sanctuary, and we have not much down here. But we have some, and for that we're grateful. Uh, it is good to be here uh, together with you and to worship, and um, you know, there's a certain amount of behavior that is very predictable. And um, if you look around, you'll see that even here, those seats toward the front are still vacant. But um, that's okay. That's okay. We're all here. Uh, today, as we um, begin our time of worship, as we celebrate together, especially on this Sunday that is Epiphany Sunday, and also a time we'll celebrate communion, it is... Um, it is right for us to recognize the presence of Christ with us here in this place and also to celebrate that with one another. And we do so by passing the peace of Christ. And we'll do that in just a moment as you have an opportunity to welcome those that are here. If you see those that may be guests, please welcome them and let them know that we're delighted that they're here as well. And um, things will be a little bit different today, but we will, um, we will worship the Lord and we will be warmed in spirit as we share together today. So please... Speak to those close to you and pass the peace of Christ. Thank you. Well, yeah. I hope that's good. Oh, no. Dr. Kelly has already um, uh, made mention of this, but uh, we are going to actually going to fill these front two rows, Dr. Kelly, with uh, uh, with choir members after the anthem. Dr. Roxburgh suggested that. I think that's a good idea. Then we'll come back up after communion uh, or for the communion and response. And uh, I'd like to add my uh, welcome. Uh, I want to say thank you also to Kevin. Pruitt and to uh, who's not uh, Ivan, who's not here today, and Dr. Kelly for uh, managing this setup for us. Uh, the choir is high and lifted up uh, today, as they very often are, uh, like down in the sanctuary. But it is nice to be closer to you. You know, I wouldn't choose this acoustic for uh, most of, of our choir work, but uh, but it is nice to to see you without my glasses on, my distance glasses uh, on. And it is great to, to be here and uh, to hear you uh, sing the hymns. We, uh, we know you're out there singing because I can see your mouth moving, unless you're just moving your mouth back up in the sanctuary. But here, I could actually hear you. So that's a wonderful thing. Even if you're not as familiar with some of the hymns, which I think in a moment uh, you'll find one that isn't as familiar, but uh, we, are, we welcome uh, all here as well, and we're, we're grateful to our, our choir members for uh, coming in. We did not have a Wednesday rehearsal uh, this this Wednesday evening, so uh, what you hear this morning is a a, 
another example of their brilliant sight reading, uh, <laughs> which if you know about that in the music business, that's an important thing. Let's have a, a word of prayer and then we will sing our hymn. Heavenly Father, we thank you for coming to us at this time of year and at all times. We think about the, the Magi who brought their gifts. We think about the word epiphany where we have a, another realization of you in, in our world, in our lives. And may we carry an epiphany with us each day as we move into this newer year. We thank you for the gifts of love and grace, of fellowship of this church and its mission in this community for all those who serve you and serve your purpose. For we know that it is through that service that we may demonstrate your love for all mankind. We pray this in the name of that one who came to be with us, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We'll stand and sing this tune. The tune name is Complainer. It's an old uh, sacred harp tune that actually has Complainer uh, in the first line. And I don't know, Sarah actually chose this one and, and I, I agreed to it and I thought, well, after all, we've, we've got plenty we can complain about. But mostly it's about the uh, topic of the day, as you will. May we stand as we sing, When Jesus Came to Jordan. <laughs> Jesus came to Jordan to be baptized by John. He did not come for pardon, but as the sinless one. He came to share repentance with all who mourn their sins, to speak the vital sentence with which good news begins. He came to share temptation, Seated, please. Our first scripture lesson today is found in the prophet Isaiah, be the 60th chapter, verses 1 through 6. Arise, 
shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant with your, your heart, shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nation shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephoth, all those of Sheba will come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and they shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Here ends our first lesson. Gospel reading is from the Gospel according to Mark and the first chapter, reading for verse 4 through verse 11. If you're able, will you stand for the reading of the Gospel? John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You're my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Next week, 
Hopefully we'll be back in the sanctuary. But if not, we'll have a better arrangements made where you can be here. But I want to ask you something. Do you notice anything different today besides just the room and where we worship? Baby Jesus is here. Now, Baby Jesus was here last week, too. Um, but also there's someone else. Now, there's two people missing because with our arrangements to come down here, we had to use a smaller table, and someone didn't make plans for that table being quite as large as it needed to be. So, Robert, come over here. Come over this way just a second. I want you to help me look at something. Who's missing from this? Now, who do you think's missing? Mary and Joseph. All right, we know they're here because baby Jesus is here. But who else do you see? Who, are the, who do you think these two are? The three disciples. Three? Well, how about the Magi, the wise men? The wise men. The wise men. The wise men. You, tell them what he wins. We just read from Isaiah about those that come from afar, wise men, kings even. And in this case, we see these three. Now, they come, and they're different. They're not necessarily, they don't all look alike. They do have a lot of, of uh, fine clothes on, and they're bearing some, some gifts with them. What, do you remember what the wise men or the magi brought Jesus? They brought gold. Frankincense and myrrh. That's right. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, of course, all of those were, were uh Representing or symbolic of something really special, and that is that they were coming to worship one who was uh, worthy of the best gifts they had. They came to see Jesus, baby Jesus, who was born a king, the king of the Jews. He was to be the one who would take away the sins of the world, but they didn't understand that. But they knew something really special had taken place, and you know why that was? What did they follow? They followed the star, a star in the heavens. And so that's how they knew something really special had happened because they saw it in the, in the heavens that God had created. They saw the star, and so they followed it. And the scripture says that when they saw it come to stop over the baby Jesus, that they were overwhelmed with joy because they were now able to see this one. This Sunday, or actually yesterday, was Epiphany. And that means that as we, we think about them seeing both the Christ child, but also the fact that the light has come into the world, that we can, we can rejoice too, just like they did. Because Jesus came into the world, and he, he has forgiven us of our sins as we have received his grace gift, but also that he gives light to all of us as we go through life day by day. So, who are these again, Ma? The wise men. <laughs> you got it. The wise men of the Magi, and they come from a long way off, and they studied the heavens, they knew what was going on, they knew something special was taking place, and so they wanted to go see what was happening, just like you would want to, right? So we can we can thank God for his, his care and his um, providence and the fact that we can now celebrate even on Epiphany, the fact that Christ has come and his light has come into the world. Let's bow to God. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings we have. We thank you for these children for the way they learn and seek to understand the truths about who you are. Help us all, Lord, as we think about your grace gift, the gift of your own son, that we also 
embrace that which is the light that dispels darkness. In Christ's name. I wonder if you'll join me in prayer this morning. Do we pray? Living God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we worship you at the beginning of this new year and rejoice that yesterday, today, and forever, you have promised to be the same. We look back with faith, with thanksgiving, and we look forward with hope, trusting afresh in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, who came to be with us, and to die for us. At the start of this year, we pray for one another, and we pray for this world, and we pray for those in our land who have been entrusted with great responsibility. We pray for each branch of government in our nation, and for those in local context. May all seek to administer with wisdom and lead our country well in all the diverse challenges that we face. We pray for all who are employers and those whose decisions affect the welfare and happiness of others. Help them in the work they do and the staff they employ and the service they provide to serve well and may all be proud of the contribution they make to our culture. We pray for those in media, those whose words are read in books, newspapers, magazines, whose ideas are listened to on the radio, television, YouTube whose programs are followed on social media. We pray for all who mould and shape public opinion. Grant that we may all seek truth, communicate with grace, promote beauty, goodness, and your love. We pray that you would bless the life of our churches. We think of those churches that meet each Sunday here in this building. We pray for ourselves, that you would make our faith clear to others, that the witness not only of our words, but the witness of our lives might confirm the reality of our discipleship. We pray for families. We pray for young and old, for male and female, for those in relationships and those who feel alone. May no one be without a friend. May none feel abandoned. May all be given the dignity, respect, and responsibility that should be theirs. We pray this morning for all, especially those we know who are close to us, who suffer in body, mind, or spirit today. We pray that your peace and presence may be a reality, that it may give courage to face the uncertainty of tomorrow, as well as the challenges of today. Gracious God, Hear all our prayers offered in the name of the one who taught us to pray and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen.
There's no truth to the rumour that I was going to preach on fire and brimstone today just to kind of warm you up. No truth at all. This first weekend of January can be liturgically confusing because yesterday was the Feast of Epiphany and Western churches, when this happens, move the Feast of the Baptism of Jesus from the Sunday to the Monday. But the Eastern Orthodox Church always keeps the Feast of the Baptism of our Lord on the first Sunday. And there's a reason for that. Epiphany means appearing. Epiphany is about the appearance of our great God and Saviour in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Mark's Gospel doesn't tell us anything about the birth of Jesus. Nothing. But it begins the Gospel with the appearance of Jesus to be baptised in the River Jordan. And for the great proclamation to be made by God the Father, you are my beloved Son. I find all my delight in you. So actually the two feasts, the Feast of Epiphany and the Feast of the Baptism of our Lord, kind of come together well as they proclaim to us what God is doing in his world in the coming of Jesus. I suppose it was just another day down by the Jordan. It would have been hot and water would have been cooling. But on the day that Jesus came to the Jordan, things were going to be different. He was about 30 years of age. Up until that point in his life, as far as we know, he had lived in Nazareth. And after the death, we assume, of his father Joseph, he had the responsibility of the carpenter shop and of perhaps having care, along with his mother, of his other brothers and sisters. But on this day, he comes into the country, to the River Jordan, to listen to his cousin, John the Baptist, who was causing quite a stir with a great amount of preaching that was having an effect on people. Mark tells us that all the people of Jerusalem were coming out to be baptized. It's quite a sight. All the four Gospels tell us about the baptism of Jesus, interestingly enough. It's that important in the story of the gospel. And Jesus comes and he stands. I suspect he had been there on several occasions, but on this day it was going to be different. On this day he joined the line, or the queue, as we would say in Great Britain. Just like everybody else. And he waited his turn and he came to be baptised by Jesus. John the Baptist had been preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins passionately emphasizing that people ought to turn from themselves, from their own selfishness, to turn to God and to start a new way of living. Try to imagine what's happening. Jesus, the Messiah for whom John had been preparing. Jesus, the Messiah, the one whom John would later say that he's more powerful than I, I'm not even worthy to take off his sandals. The one who would baptize by the Spirit, even though John was baptizing with water. Jesus the Messiah, who, as far as John was concerned, didn't need to come for a baptism of repentance. That Jesus comes and stands in line with all the others. He doesn't make a big deal about it. In the time in which he's waiting, he doesn't begin to preach. He doesn't call attention to himself at all. He just waits. And when he goes to his time, he's baptized by John. And then... Perhaps the people around about are, are seeing him standing there, looking up. They see the dove coming, 
far as we know, the voice that says, you are my beloved son, is not directed towards anybody else apart from Jesus. So it must have been a strange occurrence. Jesus standing in the Jordan River. Years ago, when I was in my late teens, I read several books by a psychiatrist called John White. He wrote devotional books. And he tells a story in one of these books of when he was a medical student, he, for one of his classes, he missed a practicum uh, on sexually transmitted diseases. And he had to make it up at the clinic. So he tells about how he arrived at the clinic, ended up in a line with a bunch of patients who had come for treatment. And White barged to the front and said, I need to see the doctor. That's what everybody says, snorted the nurse. <laughs> Get in line. But I'm a medical student. Big deal, said the nurse. You got it the same way like everybody else. <laughs> now you can stand in line like everybody else. John White writes, in the end, I managed to explain to her why I was there. But I can still feel the feeling that made me balk at standing in the line with the crowd. That's what Jesus did. He stands in the line, no different from anybody else. Because he's come, and the appearance of God our Savior at this moment is God coming to be with us, to stand beside us, to identify with us in all of our need. Back to John the Baptist for a little bit. He's a bit of an oddity, isn't he? <laughs> he lived in a wilderness near to the Jordan River. The baptism he offers is something for the forgiveness of sins. The description of John is odd. His, he's described as a wilderness man. John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He hadn't been going to Jose Banks or Whole Foods to get his clothing or his food. However, the primary intention of John is not to draw attention to himself, but to bring people to a knowledge of God. And he cries in the wilderness. All the Gospels tie in John's ministry with the prophecy of Isaiah of God coming to cry in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. The voice of John is the voice of God. It's the voice one person describes as a desperate, wounded lover. I will come to my people. Nothing will keep me from them. Mountains will be torn down. Valleys will be filled in. Rough places will be made smooth, whatever it takes. Hard not to think of the old Diana Ross song, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. God is overcoming all that he needs to overcome, to come to be with us, to be for us. The baptism occurs in the River Jordan. Now, the Jordan has uh, great significance for the Jewish people. It's a place where they came to from Exodus, from Egypt. It was the point of new beginnings. As they went over Jordan, they went into the promised land. Isaiah telling us this story about, about, the, about somebody coming to prepare the way of the Lord is probably thinking about the people who've returned from exile in Babylon. And they're coming to cross once again the Jordan into a new way of existence. And the same thing is happening here with Jesus. 
He's going to begin his ministry. It's a new beginning for him, and the new beginning for Jesus is to identify himself with us so that in him and through him, we have a new beginning as we turn from ourselves to God for mercy. God in Jesus Christ, in this event of baptism, is showing to us his love, his grace, his desire to be for us. There's only the dimmest echo of a warning here. Get ready, repent, turn to God. But the emphasis is on believe the good news. <laughs> believe the good news. Do you remember as a child playing hide and seek? The game in which everyone hides and tries not to get caught, but eventually when the game goes as it should, everybody's found. From a psychological point of view, hiding is not really much fun. <laughs> If you ask most children, do you want to sit around by yourself and keep very quiet for a long time? You'll not get many takers. What's fun about hide and seek? It's not the hiding, but getting found. Everyone likes to be found. John's message is don't hide from God. John's message is don't withdraw yourself from God. Come out into the open. Come out and declare that you are for God and you are for Jesus and your life is going to be changed. Prepare the way of the Lord. Ready or not, here I come. And we remember this is the God who does find us. And he finds us with a message of good news. Good news is what is at the heart of our God. What strikes me most about this story, as I've been looking at it again in the last week or so, is that the opening of Mark's Gospel reminds me of the decentering of God's good news. Not in Jerusalem, but in the Jordan. People are coming from Jerusalem. People are coming from that place of religious teaching and, and ritual, but they're coming into the wilderness, and anybody can come. Anybody can come and hear the message of God's love for them. In this story, we're, we're not meeting God in the hustle and the bustle of Jerusalem, but outside of the city walls, in the margins and the sidelines. Because the good news of God's love brings hope to those who find themselves often on the periphery of our world, even in the desert, where we think that God has abandoned us. It's a haunting part of that anthem. I don't know if you noticed it. Do not hide yourself from us. Do not hide yourself from us. God comes to us. God comes to us even in our darkest moment. God comes to us even when we feel abandoned. And God's promise is that there is no place on earth that God will not go to be with us. Some people have told you the opposite. Some people have told people of color that their skin makes them inferior. And even though our minds know better, our hearts, our souls bear a deep wound. Some of us have been told that we are sinners so lost that God couldn't possibly find us. Some of us have been told that we aren't smart enough, good enough to amount to much. Some of us have been told sometimes by the church that merely by being who we are, God has rejected us. Some of us have been led to believe that while God loves special people, exceptional people, religious people, highly moral people, we don't make the grade. 
whatever message you've heard, the good news in Jesus Christ is that we are loved. We're important. Jesus Christ has stood in the line with us. He is the one who has been with us, who is for us, and who will one day die on the cross for our salvation. Jesus didn't need to go to the Jordan River. He had nothing to repent of. In another gospel, that's what John makes so much about. He says, I should be baptized by you. You know, you shouldn't be coming to me. John perhaps had missed the whole point of why Jesus had come. He had no sin to confess. He came to take up our cause, to be on our side, and to suffer for us. Into the murky waters of Jordan he went in order to cleanse us from our sin. There is a certain irony in Mark's account of Jesus' baptism, which is chosen today in the liturgy of the church for the first Sunday after the Feast of Epiphany. Epiphany, as I said earlier, is a season when we remember the manifestation of God. Here is where God tells us what the heart of the good news is all about. This is my son in whom I find all my delight. And it's because of what he did for us that we find ourselves this morning listening to the voice of God saying to us, and you are my beloved daughters, and you are my beloved sons. I have forgiven you, I have accepted you, and you are precious in my sight. And so as those who are dear to God, we come to this table. We come to this table that gives to us a symbol of the sacrament of the love of God in Jesus Christ towards us. The body and blood of Jesus, who was baptized in Jordan and who suffered a baptism on the cross to save us from our sins. This is the good news that we are called to believe this morning. And so I invite you to come to this table, not because you must, but because you may, not because any goodness of your own gives you a right to be here, but because you, you and we and myself, we all stand in need of the mercy and grace of God. We come because we love the Lord a little and want to love him more. We come to feed on Christ in our hearts by faith. This is an open table. If you're a visitor here, please come and take communion. Take the sign of the love of God towards you and be assured that his love will never let you go. Dr. Kelly and myself will serve the choir first and after they've been served, please come and receive. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for the sacrament of your grace, mercy, and love. We pray that the bread and the wine might become for us the body and blood of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, the one who stood for us in Jordan and to be our Saviour on Calvary. We ask this for his name's sake.
Nahum of Response is number 233, like the murmur of the dove song. I invite you to stand and sing. <clears throat> recognized so readily and then for those that we seldom ever ever see and acknowledge we thank you for your love mercy and grace we thank you that you have stood with us and do stand with us Lord we ask that now as we come and give another part of who we are that is our offering that is representative of our faith and commitment to you may be received as we give it and that is cheerfully but it also may it be multiplied for your purposes in Christ's name amen
Heavenly Father, that you who forgive me may forgive. Amen. Can you see me for just a moment, please? Just two or three announcements to make. Um, first, um, thank you for being flexible and finding your way down here, those that may have gone to the sanctuary first. Uh, but we hope that uh, you found your way here without too much problem. Uh, and as we worship together today, we've um, found our our time together to be, I hope, as I did, at least warm in spirit. Not my feet, but warm in spirit. And um, it, is a, it is a small price to pay when we can gather together um, corporately before God and offer our uh, words, our time of worship uh, to come before uh, the Lord in this way. For those who are guests, we welcome you. I know there may be one or two here. We're glad that you are here. And a part of our normal routine is that not only do we welcome you during the service, but also afterwards we have a time of reception in the narthex. This week it's going to be right here in the back. We're going to have some coffee and some uh, hot chocolate, some other things there. And so hope that you will linger. And those who are not just guests, but also members of life, take time to do so and, and fellowship with those that are here. Also, for those who didn't know this room existed. <laughs> and on Wednesday evening, a new study uh, starts this week. Uh, Dr. Roxburgh is going to lead uh, that this week. It's uh, Christian biography, and I think the title of this week says, Who Do You Think You Are? And so you come and, and hear what he has to say. He won't put you on the spot and ask you questions about who you think you are, but rather to, uh, to talk about what it means to be who we are. In, in God's eye, and then also as we have some guest speakers, you'll see that in the columns on out uh, front there. We do hope that soon we'll have heat, but not sure how soon that will be. So um, you be concerned about that and pray uh, for for us to have uh, some good news. The good news is it'll be warmer in the days to come, but still we hope that we'll be able to to return to our usual. Um, space for worship soon. As we prepare to go out, um, Dr. Roxburgh is going to come and have a benediction and, and you um, spend some time in fellowship. And also those who are Congregational Council members know that we're going to meet uh, across the hall and move forward after worship. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you his peace in your life now and forevermore.